Steve, you are you you're fooling our listeners today. You are coming to us not live from your basement, although it looks like your basement. Where are you, Steve? I'm at the beach, oh, trying to keep up the look of the show. I mean, come on, you know, I, trying to be consistent. We've had had feedback from viewers slash listeners that they don't like it when I'm not at the place. So I'm trying to make it look like the place. I I like it whenever you. I think you can. You don't have to be. You don't have to be there. Steve, I, as long as you are, you and I are here, that's all that matters, you know. I will keep that in mind. That sounds like an affir- like a, a very affirming. Zen it's very beautiful. Thing. I'll work on that. Yeah. Um, all right. This is the stuff Summer says podcast with Steve. Steve, um, we aren't going to talk about the beach. How is the beach? Is it is it nice? Is it good, good week. Not too hot. No rain yet. All good. It's Tuesday. When did you get to the beach? Well, Saturday. We get in Saturday. Oh, okay, like, okay. You've yeah, been yeah, in there yeah. for a while. Okay. Yeah, no, so you yep. you're you're not you're not messing around. I am okay. not yet looking forward to coming home. By this time, some weeks I am. So all good. That's great. That's all I get, especially especially with the family. Um, okay. You know what I am looking forward to our conversation today. We are going to talk about Big Ten Media Day. We are also going to talk about Penn State's Media Day coming up this weekend. Uh, then we're going to talk about our, our little special project that we put together, which I'm uh, I'm excited about. Thank you to everybody that's read it already and. Uh, got a couple of people submit. Um, and then Steve has a grumble with me uh, about my antique store hall um, oh, okay. that I'm I'm interested to hear about this week's old guy. Young guy. Um, anything, let's start at Big Ten Media Day. Um, anything surprising or not surprising about Big Ten Media Day to you? I'm surprised about the production it has become, right? With... The yeah. changing background before each coach, the the introductions from the media members, the the, 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 the broadcast partners, the fight songs. Um, I love the politics of the coaches all saying thank you to the commissioner, right, as part of their statement. Um, so, yeah, I think that was a takeaway for me. And I think the other takeaway was, God bless football coaches. Like, I, I think there's a lot of things they deserve blame for, but apparently the, the crisis communication plan for major colleges that get in trouble is to throw the, the football coach out there first before anybody else, because Northwestern took that playbook from Penn State 10 years ago or whatever. I felt bad for that dude. Um, he struggled. Yeah, he he definitely struggled. Um, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, that, that, that's it. I mean, I think I'm surprised about the production it has become. I mean, and that's what it is, right? It's them being on brand and getting it out there. It's not really about access for the media as much as it, I mean, it is Penn State shoulder programmed with Kraft beforehand, right? And then there's a separate with, with their people. So you get the access you want, but I just, I guess I'm, the production it has become is what I took away from it. The, uh, the on-air segment really felt forced, I guess, or the, the, 15 minutes that each coach got on the, the, the air type thing really felt forced. Um, to me, there wasn't anything interesting really asked. I watched, I, I only watched Penn State's day. I didn't watch the second day, but most of it was pretty stereotypical questions. There were some weird questions. Somebody asked James Franklin, in my opinion, at least about going to, uh, to uh, St. Elmo's the night before. And I just thought that was a weird time to ask that question um especially when they had, can kind of have more one-on-one type interviews like that i do feel like 
the production value thing is getting very noticeable. Like it is now an event um, much like it, it, they're really trying to make it the kickoff to the college football season for, for each conference, um, at least of the bigger power five conferences. Um, I ended up watching, I think the, the two things that were more interesting, they're the most interesting where you had to look for them were the uh, I think lions two, four, seven had, the uh, Pat Craft uh, press conference, if you will. And I watched all of that for about 20 minutes. And I thought that was an interesting conversation. Um, and then the other thing was then the James Franklin press conference that was not shown on BTN. This was more of a, a one-on-one type press conference um, where people kind of seemed like they were floating by and around. Um, the main takeaway for me was the, the of the Pat Craft conversation was, it seems like the stadium timeline is, is going to be 2026. It seems like when they're going to um, go ahead and start doing all of that is what it looks like in terms of the prog- progress and process and everything. Um, it seems like the, the winterization and all of that type of stuff is going to get taken care of this season so that Penn state can get that, all of that ready come 2024. If Penn state should have to host a, a, a playoff game, which I would expect them to, or I would expect them to, be in the contention for that at least. Um, there was also a very interesting conversation and I, I forget who wrote it up uh, about it, but there was a good conversation about Kale Sanderson there. Um, and Kale kind of sort of, seems like he's accepted, this is what I get at Penn State. Like it's, it is what it is. And Pat Kraft walked in and was like, what do you mean that's all you have? it kind of felt like a veiled shot at Sandy Barber and and maybe Sandy wasn't as good. Not that I was the biggest Sandy fan ever, but it it really kind of shone a light on kind of some of the struggles that Olympic sports are starting to, or or dealing with, especially when it's Kale Sanderson, you, you really should be rolling down the red carpet um, for him. So I don't know. Did you want captain to catch that Steve? I think I was surprised. Uh, maybe not. I think the resource piece of it that was inferred or maybe just out there was a little surprising, right? Because I mean, the, the whole thing behind Kale, or at least the the urban legends partial reality is, you know, they, they found a way to pay the dude, right? Like they whether whether it was Ira and all those people found a way and that's why he's here. And that's what's making sense. But then you've heard through the years that he said, no, this is the place I wanted to be like, there, there's all the positives about it. And they have the Nittany Lion Wrestling Club and the Olympic affiliations. Um, but Kraft's right. I, I don't think I, I think I will be happily proven wrong if that approach happens with all the Olympic sports teams, right? Like they're all pretty slashed, very good. I mean, women's soccer, women's volleyball, wrestling. But, you know, if you're going to resource one a little more than the others, wrestling might be that one, right? Because it's going to, there's there's some money to be made there. And maybe, right. and again, we've talked right. toward this about how much they want to move matches or whatever else. But yeah, I guess I'm a little surprised that there was an inference there that he didn't have all that they needed to be successful because they've been awful damn successful. Yeah, that was it. That really blew me away. I, I, it didn't really come out of that, but I, I still think there are the holes of some of the sports facilities um, between what field hockey has, what um, both soccer programs have the practice facility situation they are glaring. And if you want to start competing, I, I know you don't probably like to hear this, Steve, but if you want to start competing at this level, you got to start keeping up with the Joneses in those, those sports as well. well they haven't, right, field hockey's under consideration. 
you know, there's, it looks like there's a new scoreboard at Jeffrey, like, and I don't know what other actual things that matter there happen. And so, yeah, I think they're going to start doing that. More uh, the thing that I didn't think about until, and I, I don't remember if it came up in that press conference, but it is just ridiculous that, that Erica Dambach's office is at rec hall and, and her field is all, literally all the way at the other end of campus. Like that's just, she's one of the greatest coaches at, at Penn state, not just at Penn state, but really ever in women's soccer, at least in, in kind of the, this initial era of, of women's soccer, she deserves better. I think that those programs really deserve better. So that was a little sidetrack change. Um, the other thing that, that was interesting from the craft conversation was there was a comment about beer sales um, and just kind of the flow of the stadium. I'm interested to see how that improves or changes. I didn't have an issue with the beer sales of the two to three times that I bought a beer. Um, but I still think the flow of Beaver Stadium is a little choppy. Um, and it sounds like, as always, parking is also being looked at, um, which to me, it's getting, it's gotten better, but it's still not 100% better. Um, and that might have just been my experience last year, just of what games I went to type of thing. I, I did miss the whiteout last year, so I didn't get to have to deal with the post-night game rush. Um, but then again, that game probably was went down a little bit differently. Whereas if everybody sticks around to the end, then it's, it, it is even more of a cluster. So, yeah, I, I think Penn state's approach going back to Erica and then the stuff you brought in is, was before it's just a mentality change and it's a time change. I mean, Penn state was not more with less, but it was like, okay, we'll do what we've got. We're still going to be successful. We'll show you. And now that's changing a little bit. Like here's, we got to have every, what everybody else has to be successful. It feels, yeah, that's, a, I, it feels to me almost as a, we have to stop looking at this as an entity, an extension of Penn State, and almost really start to hone in on it as a, a as a entertainment business, which is what it is. And I think NIL is probably maybe making that conversation easier to be had because now athletes can go make their money. Um, so, to me, that that is my kind of main takeaway from that. Um, the James Franklin press conference, the most interesting thing to me was the Dion Barnes conversation that it sounded like James Franklin had pretty much written off Dion Barnes when collectively everybody kind of in Penn State sports world was like, you need to hire Dion Barnes. And he he kind of proved his muscle. Um, and it's really starting to pay off. You can see it with some of those recruits that are coming in. Um, certainly Liam Andrews coming in is going to be a big one for him or a big get for him. Um, so I I don't know. It's, it, that was fascinating to hear that it wasn't a no-brainer decision because to me, it looked like a no-brainer decision. Even the comment about the hair was was interesting. Dion had some had some longer hair and, and James Franklin didn't ask him to cut it. And one day he just showed up at practice or at the facility and his hair was cut. And I was like, why'd you do that? He's like, because I want to show you how serious I am about this job. And I don't know. I, I, I will probably get into this once we get to the Penn State Media Day stuff, but I really think like if Manny Diaz sticks around for two-ish more seasons, which is wishful thinking, and then goes like that, you could really probably hand that baton right off. Maybe you don't. Maybe you go get a big hire just because you need, at least for Franklin, that's kind of always seemed to be his confidant guy. Um, so interested there on that. Um, there was also a comment made about players being asked, would you, take an NIL package somewhere else type thing of, of some tampering. Um, 
he didn't make a big stink about it. So I don't think it was that big of a problem, but um, definitely something that I, I noted. Um, I, I think. I think you're putting it out there is telling people, we know you, we know you asked, we know yeah. you around, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so I think that was interesting. I, and I, again, I forget who wrote this. I think it was actually Corey Geiger wrote this um, essentially that saying the biggest takeaway for him. And I've noticed this is James Franklin is very confident this year. Um, and it feels different in his confidence level. Um, so that has kind of been my big takeaway already of the press conferences we've seen for now the 2023 season. Um, and I think something to keep an eye on uh, just kind of going forward and how that ebbs and flows. We really feel like uh, you can really see how James Franklin has changed as a coach. He he used to worry about every little thing. And now I feel like he's trusting that the little things will be taken care of. And now he's focusing more on big picture things. And I think that is where some of that confidence comes from. I think that's probably true. And I think it goes back. It's kind of a, a culture conversation, right? They talk about the culture for the players to get acclimated. I think once you're the coach, you know the stuff's going to work and people know how you want stuff to happen. It's probably going to happen. And you don't have to worry about it as much. Right, right. I mean, he's now been there for a decade. It's 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 a well-oiled machine. Um, so uh, anything else kind of stand out to you? Um, I think the only other main thing that I caught was just the the interview with the players um, on the BTN or yeah BTN set um, was interesting. Um, Keaton Ellis talking about how he went he dressed as a Penn State football player and now playing as a Penn State football player, which is pretty cool for. A, a state high kid. Um, so that was the only other interesting takeaway for me, but uh, what about you? Yeah, for me, I think the media people, like the the TV media people, are, it's always interesting to me. And I guess they're there for opinions, but, I, and again, I, I'm more of a, of a process behind the scenes guy, but you're always asking Todd Blackledge and, and Michael Robinson, Oh, how do you think this team's going to do this year? How do you think? I don't really care what they think about that. Like I, I want to know how they're doing their job kind of stuff. Yeah. It's, to say blind leading the blind probably isn't the right way to say it, but it's like the people asking those questions could also say those things type thing. Like it, it, right. it's I, essentially I, I, the same like, job to a degree. Like they just looking for a validation of their opinion by that. And see, see, he right. told me and he's working for the network, you know, that kind of right. stuff. No. Yeah. Uh, so I, I did think that was interesting. I, I wish that there was a little bit more clarity on that. Other thing that I was disappointed there wasn't more clarity on is what the Olympic sports are going to look like. Maybe not the time and moment for that, but we are getting the, we did get a press release about um, women's volleyball and their TV schedule. It seems like FS1, FS2, Fox Sports app are going to pick up games, but the BTN plus is still in play. To me, I, again, I just really struggled paying that when I, I don't think the value is there. Put it on Peacock, put it on the Fox sports go app, because that's what all the other conferences are doing. I can watch Wofford baseball whenever I want to. I can't watch Penn state baseball. Cause I have to pay $15 specifically for this one streaming thing every month. It's just not worth it to me. Yeah. It's, it's not. Um, yeah. And I think if enough people make that value decision, maybe it'll change. So we'll see. Okay. That's enough about big 10 media today. Looking forward to the, the next conversation, which is about Penn State Media Day. Um, Steve, I don't have opinions, but we did. Did you do your homework assignment? Did you remember to do your homework assignment? I think assignment? so. I think I have it. Okay. Ready to go. All right. All right. So Steve and I put together a little, little list of questions. Steve is going to go second, I think, if that's fair. Um, 
he was tasked with putting together five questions the media should ask, and I was tasked with putting together the five questions the media will ask at Penn State Media Day. Um, I'm inter- I feel like Penn State Media Day is probably the best content day of the year for Penn State football outside of maybe the bowl, big bowl press conference kind of media day that we get closer to the seat, closer to the bowl game. Um, so I am excited to see what that that has to do has happened. Um, you probably get to hear from some players that you haven't necessarily got to hear from in the past since freshmen and typically aren't available um we'll probably get more drew alar talk we'll probably get more um nick singleton talk um and katron allen talk so i'm excited about that um so here are my five questions i think the first one is pretty obvious is when will drew or when will you decide the starter i think that is kind of the number one most pressing question um that franklin beat around the bush on again at big 10 media day um doing political i think I, I think it's more politically correct i uh, more more than anything i think it would be stunning if drew Alar is not the starter um come september 2nd um the my second question is one that relates to the running backs because i think this is really the area that nobody's talking about um that probably we'll get into on the blog later next next week yes i forget i have to look at the content calendar but how do you make sure that these running backs avoid the sophomore slump? They were incredible last year. Um, they were dynamic duo one, one a and one B. I don't know, you know, gun to my head. I don't know who I would choose to start type thing because they each bring different attributes to the table that I like, especially as somebody that enjoys watching, you know, football where you run it down the middle or you, you run it up the gut a bunch of times. Um, we do know that, and Dion Barnes, I think, certainly is probably the poster child of Penn State for sophomore slumps. It, it can and is much easier to happen in college football. So I, I think answering the question is what how is the line improved? And I think that's where where that's gonna gonna go. Anything you want to add there, Steve? Nope. I would say the answer is the line, but go ahead, you do. Yeah. Okay. All right. The next question is on the defensive side of the ball. Um what does Chop Robinson need to show to step up in 2023? Um, I think he is, by all means, the most hyped player on D- well, maybe not Abdul Carter level, the number two hyped player um, on defense th- this season. Um, certainly probably the most watched at the scout level. Um, so I'm interested to see what he'll he'll do. I'm sure Chop Robinson will be asked about it at the, the press conference. Um, go ahead. True, true. Can't wait to hear. All right. Number four comes regards back to kind of, it was either before blue white, that one press conference right around blue white. And James Franklin made this massive stink and everybody wrote about it uh, related to leadership. Um, So I think the question is going to be is where is that leadership coming from? Um, And who is that? Is it Adisa Isaac, which was kind of hinted at, um at big 10 media day is it a keaton ellis also hinted at at big 10 media day is it ulu um so i am interested to see how that that conversation has grown because i think that was actually probably when you look at penn state's roster athletically on paper it's a very good roster like i feel you feel safe with it the intangible stuff the the stuff that you can't put down on paper is is really where you start to 
not be concerned, but you don't have, you don't have Sean Clifford anymore. You don't have kind of a, a, a one wide receiver kind of chosen. You don't, you lose a Joey Porter Jr. who maybe wasn't necessarily a leader, but was at least a strong asset to have on the field. So yeah, I think that to me is the biggest, one of the biggest questions outside of the drill LR situation is, is where is, um, where is that coming from? All right. I think that's a process, right? I think it happens during camp. You might think it's one place if you're on a team, right? Or on the coaching staff. Then you get in the first couple of games, like, oh, okay, it's this because this kid's performing. And then you get into a game where you got to fight to maybe win, say Illinois or something on the road that's an early challenge. And then you figure, oh, okay, this is, yep, it's confirmed that these people are, oh, it turns out it's somebody else. You know, so I don't know that there's going to be an answer week one um, for a team that's lost that much. I think it's going to develop through the season. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really agree. All right, and I think the last question will be the big picture kind of off-the-cuff question of is NIL getting better and how has it gotten better um, or how has it not gotten better um, over the last however many seasons or months, um, especially since the merger. Um, so I think that's the other, those are kind of my five pressing questions, I guess I would say. Um, do you think I missed anything there, Steve? No, and I think those all get asked. I, I mean, I... I I guess I'd be surprised if those don't get asked, you know? So, yeah. So I, you said should ask, I think I was thinking should slash will not ask in mind. So the what the media should ask or will not ask. So my first one is the, probably the most innocuous question, pick any player you want. What class are you most looking forward to this semester? I just think, and it goes to, to grumpiness a little bit on NIL and student athlete, whatever else. I don't think anybody ever asked about somebody's academics, right? Like, so the chance of somebody asking a football player on when on media day about what class they're looking forward to this, to this semester, which one they scheduled that they're most anxious about, I would be shocked if it happened. Um, that's, a, that's a good point, Steve. That's a good um, point. Second question is a, a process question. Um, just looking as, and I think this, this is fair. It's not what I sort of thought of, oh, this kind of mean. I think it's fair. Like as a football player slash NIL recipient, like how does the process work? Like, not asking you mm. to tell me, but but do you get a check once a month? Like what? It is like how does the process work? How do you know what's going on, and, and what does this collective thing mean for you? Uh, that's a. I have wondered that since day one. Like, and we even joked about this back in NIL when NIL came around. But could we pay? Could we say, all right, Mister Penn State golfer, can we give you five dollars and you come on the podcast type thing? Like, to, how does that work? Do I just demo you five dollars? Do I have to? send that to someone and then they distribute it back to you as their taxes involved. That's the other thing in all of this. I don't know um, that type of, of situation. I mean, my wages are taxed. Are they considered wages? I forget. Um, so that's, that's a good, that's a good question. Well, that's a good question, Steve. Yeah. And I, I mean, from process, whatever, I just thought it was interesting. Um, this one, you know, what do you most like most or least like about most and least. So it's a, one of those, give me both things about being a Penn state student athlete. What what are the perks of this gig, and what are the challenges, you know, or something along those lines? Just to hear where where their headspace is at. Again, I think it could be interesting, but I also think it's kind of innocuous. Like, what's the challenge? Like, you get you know that kind of stuff. Um, uh, but piggybacking off the Franklin question um, that you mentioned earlier about guys potentially leaving and the hinting and and him saying, "Hey, we know." I'm curious, what would it take for you to leave Penn State? Like, yeah. Coach Franklin said, "Hey, this this happened." So certainly players were approached. He's, he's told everybody players were approached by this. What would it take you to leave Penn State? You know, or maybe that's properly word is how much would it take you to leave Penn State? But I, I don't know if it's a how much or a would, you know, or what would, you know. So, but I think either one of those, just the mindset. 
yeah, I I don't think that that's one of those questions you ask, and I, I you know you're not probably going to get the honest answer on. I'm, right. I'm never leaving Penn State. Right. Um, but I think with the context of him having said, "Hey, we know we had players approached." Yeah, I think he, then it's good to say, "Okay, did you hear about anybody else? Have you guys even talked about it?" I mean, not that it's a big thing, but again, just to be honest about. I think it is. I disagree with you. I think it is a big thing, Steve. Uh, I think it is because. I guess I meant not that I think it's a big story because I think I can see them putting their defenses up saying, oh, you're going to write this. I just want to know how the the business is working now. And if we're going to admit it's a business and not an extension of the academic unit because we're going to fix it, we're going to make entertainment, we're going to make whatever. How does it work for you? You can ask Saquon Barkley about his contract. You know, you can ask, insert any Pittsburgh Steeler, any NHL player, any baseball player about their contract situation. These aren't contracts, but this is financial related. I, I I do think that that maybe isn't being asked enough about. Um, some of that probably is just. There's a politeness, you know, it's unbecoming yeah. to ask somebody their salary, whatever else. You're not going to do that, that in the middle the of the season, right? No. Yeah. So that's why this is the time to do it. Yes. Right? Like, this how is, does it work? Yeah. And, 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 and when you first got a payout, were you surprised how much it was? You know, my understanding from as a, as a reporter, if I were covering is all of you are getting like a flat. $25,000 now, whatever. Were you surprised when that happened? You know, that kind of stuff. How does it happen with it? Just, I don't want to know what the number is. I mean, I kind of do, but I don't, uh, but how does it work for you? Like, and is it a game changer, a difference maker? What does it mean? That kind of stuff. I was just going to ask that was, that would be my follow-up is, is what is it doing for you? Like uh, what, and what are you doing with that? Are you, I know there's some athletes that donate it back um, like to other charities and, and things like that. Um, but I'm sure for some families that's life-changing money. Like, uh, you know, uh, $25,000 is, is a lot of money. That's, that's a big chunk of change. Um, you know, what are you, how are you supporting your family? Are you supporting your family even with it? Um, you know, I'm sure somebody's probably bought something fun, um, whether it was an expensive watch or, you know, obviously Bo Parola, this was a car, but he got the cars as part of his package. And it was a, a real nice BMW that I think was like $96,000 somebody posted. So yeah, that's, there's an interesting line of questioning now that NIL has kind of settled down and it's not new that I think is out there to be asked. And it's just about the, the business of the sport. It's not gotcha stuff and it's not, but I also think it's not for the middle of the season, right? Like this right. is the time and place for that to happen. So, right. And then my fifth, I guess if the other one was a most and least, maybe I'm getting sixth here, but, and this might be closest to a zinger and it's a little personal. Oh, it's personal. It's personally curious for me. It's personally curious for me. It would be a coach Franklin question. You know, the NIL model has this charitable community portion, you know, how do you model that behavior and and, and what organizations do you support in the County? Like we see that happening. Like I, I would. James specifically. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Like I would love to hear that just piece of it. Um, because I think going back to the, you know, the old ladies at the, at this nursing home, right? Oh, there's our charitable work where well, we showed up. Well, yeah, cause you were paid to show up. So that's their model from you as the coach who has some time and some, you know, money to be charitable. How do you do that? How do you tell them this is important? And then how do you show them that if, if it's about developing people and developing men, whatever, like, how do you, how do you model that and encourage it? That's a, that's a very fair question. Um, yeah, because I feel like, like to a degree we know we know what joe did with his money not that you know like it it was very easy had that house and you know didn't have a flashy car and 
donated so much to the library and to really back to the school. Um, and even Bill O'Brien, I feel like we, we kind of knew and, and James Franklin has donated back to the school for sure. And we know that, um, but there's gotta be other organizations, other passions in his life that he, he, he supports and, and wants to help grow that don't necessarily involve the university imprint. Um, so yeah, that's, and that's going back to the start of the season, not, not in the middle of the season, like innocuous, Hey, this is a good time to talk about something other than some mundane, boring stuff. Hey, here's your, here's your chance to get on a platform for those and, and use your pulpit to like champion yeah. those things. So that's all. It's a fair question. Um, all right. That's, that was a good little fun segment. Um, anything else you want to add there about BSU media day? Uh, I guess we'll listen and see how we did. Okay, cool. We'll follow and find out. <laughs> all right. Let's see where to st- where to go next. Uh, Steve, your brainchild has been very well received. Uh, people are very excited about it. I would like you to walk through the thought process of the view from our seats uh, project, if you will. As oh we wow, you, you're it. assuming there was a thought process. Um, um, no, I, I just I was trying to think of good stories, right? Something we could do that was content that was ours, right? That was different. Um, you know, the media members aren't sitting in the stadium, and everybody has a seat story. Right. Everybody has a story about being in the stadium. So for me, it was just taking this little rock to the top of the hill, sharing our ideas and giving it a nudge to start rolling down and seeing how other people chime in. So and I had a, a couple of my like my first football game. That was kind of fun when you sell the shirt off your back at your very first Penn State football game. That's kind of cool. Um, and the people we were in those seats are the people we're at the beach with now. Right. So I, I think for a lot of Penn Staters, there's some lifetime memories that come out of who you got game with and, and how you watch games. So. I thought it would resonate. And then you have your stuff too. So it's great all the way around. What, uh, what was your, what is your favorite seat inside Beaver stadium? What was uh, of the ones you wrote about? Do you have a, a particular favorite? I like the, I like the West side just for seeing the games. Like I like that for seeing the games, the, the ones at the end, the ones, the very last row of the stadium were best because they had the best stories, right? I mean, and, and those ones, I, I visited you up there one day, one game. Uh, I think it was the Villanova game a few few seasons ago. And I had never been to that side of the stadium at the top before. And my God, what a view. Like, it is one of the most impressive views of all of State College that I, I've ever experienced. Yeah. And that was a, that was great. It was wonderful. And I mean, it was, and you had space to move around. We were good with good people and you had the seat back. So I think to watch the football game exclusively, West Side, to enjoy the experience of a football Saturday, the ones in the south end zone where we were in the last row. Are there uh, any stories that didn't make the cut that you would like to make the cut cut here now, putting you on the spot? Oh, no. Susan probably told me I, I left a lot of stuff out. What about people sitting in the aisles and people we made met and made friends with and whatever else? So there's probably some stuff. Okay. I wasn't writing a book. I was just writing an article. Okay. All right. Well, I, th- I think there's, this is good. I think this was, this was a lot of fun to write. For me, I think it, it, this was fun because I got to reflect kind of on, as I, as I mentioned, kind of these, uh, you can kind of tie certain Penn State games and certain memories and certain stages of your life. Um, I think that was, that was important. Um, it is funny to think about, like, uh, I actually hadn't told many people, if anyone, the, the phone story, um, which was uh, just like one of the, the, most sheer terrifying moments of my college career was dropping my phone my second week into the tunnel phone wasn't cracked phone worked perfectly fine for another couple of years um so i was excited about that um it was this was a fun article to write because i think like as you mentioned there's a lot of stories here that you know 
everybody has, everybody's going to share. Um, everybody's had that one annoying fan that sat by them. Everybody's had that, mm-hmm. that one fan that, you know, you've had plenty of conversations with, you have no clue what their name is. Cause that is, that is me. Um, so yeah, this was a, this was a good call, Steve. So um, if you haven't yet, um, please go ahead and head to the website. It's uh, just go to stuffsummersays.com and it's on the homepage. It's the main article on the homepage. Um, and you can kind of leave your, your seat story, um, you know, a little memory or really anything that you have um, from wherever you sit in Beaver Stadium. Um, and if you want to include a picture of those, that view as well, as well as, or a picture of you and your friends, um, please do so. So. That'd be cool. We're going to hear right. stories. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yep. All right, Steve, you ready for this week's little guy? I am seated as okay. always for this segment. All, right. All right. Hold on. Hold on. I got to pick up this stuff. Great. Great for everybody listening in podcast form. That's why you should watch on YouTube. Um, okay. Steve is upset because I bought a book. That is I don't book. think I was upset, but keep going. Oh, okay. 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 I bought this book. It is, it, it, I took the cover, the sleeve, because it, it looks a little fancier without the, the sleeve on. But it's called The Nittany Lion. Um, and it is by uh, Jackie R. Esposito and Stephen L. Herb. And then it is essentially the story of The Nittany Lion, how Joe Mason wrote that Penn State, or that, you know, was the fearsome Nittany, old Nittany mountain lions and everything that, that kind of goes along with the mountain and the story behind that. There is a great little piece of the, the brush, the original uh, Nittany lion, which I think is in the football facility or, or maybe in the recruiting room in the stadium. Um, there's a gr- lot of great photos of old lions in here um, as well as it looks like I haven't got to this chapter yet, but anyways, here's why Steve is, upset about this it, i bought it at an antique store steve's saying that he bought this book new so steve here's my question when is something considered antique or vintage <laughs> apparently when it's my age um i don't know because we had this discussion before about stuff in the 80s right just a few weeks ago about about whether a movie was like a, a, a um what do we call it? How, a, what's the piece uh a timeless piece or whatever it's called i don't know it's probably 50 years. I don't know. That's not, I thought is that it, book was relatively new for an antique store. Some of the old clippings and whatever else, but it was probably, probably eighties, right? No, it was 1997. 90, oh my, so then yeah, way too early for an antique store. 1997. That's after you were born. It can't be an antique. Uh, I don't know, man. Was, but it is. I didn't know about this book. You're finding stuff in antique stores that, that, that I bought new. That was, that was my text. Something like that. Like it's interesting that stuff you're buying an antique store. I bought new. Um, and Jackie Esposito is a librarian for the university, was for years, retired a couple of years ago. So certainly that was up her, her area of expertise. Um, it's, from what I've read so far, about two chapters into it, and it is, it is a fascinating book. There's some stories in there I didn't know um, about uh, kind of the original days. Uh, apparently there used to be at kind of the gates uh, there on Allen Street in college, there used to be a, two lions called Ma and Pa and Let's just say that the they aren't weren't the first or last statues to go missing inside Beaver say, at Penn State. No, I was surprised in a college town. No, what is um, something antique? I think it's probably 35 or 35 years or so, right? So okay. is 97 get you there? Yes. No, no, that's no, that's not quite yet. Not so, even. Okay. Yeah. Would you like to feel better or worse? 
Well, let's go for worse. Okay, let's go for worse. Uh, here's what else I also picked up. I, For those listening or just listening, um, I bought a Beaver Stadium pictorial from the, uh, I apologize, uh, the 87 season. So, Steve, this was your yeah, junior year? year? Sophomore, sophomore year? Okay. Sophomore so, so uh, they were playing Notre Dame. It was $2 at the time. I spent $4 on it at the antique store. So, you know why that was so cheap and still available? Because nobody bought them for that game because it was so stinking cold. That was okay. that was eighty seven. It was November, right? Is that what's on there? Does it have uh, yes, it is November twenty first, nineteen eighty seven. So cold. We stayed till halftime and left at halftime. And because the games were on CBS, CBS was the only station. WTAJ, JAC, which one's TA? TAJ is CBS. Was the only station you could get in the dorms pre cable. So people left at halftime and watched it on TV because it was too cold in the stadium. That I did is... anyway. Susan stayed in the stadium. I found out later, but she's a hardier football fan than I. That's great. Um, I don't know if it is this one. I think it might be the other one. Uh, hold on here. I'm flipping through one second. There's also a fantastic ad that I tweeted out that I didn't know about. Steve, oh, did you Lion have Vision? Did you have Lion Vision? No, no, it was okay. expensive. Can you explain what Lion Vision was? Because I had Vision, never heard of it. Lion Vision in Lion Vision was envisioned as basically the Big Ten network for one team. I mean, it, but, it, it was the Penn State Network. So here, here is the, this is from the 1989 Alabama game. This, this is the other one that I bought. Um, this is a picture of Joe endorsing it. You can cut this out and, and send it in. Um, essentially, as you mentioned, it was it was Penn State's version of the Big Ten Network. I, I did a little more research on it. It was not cheap. It was like, it was like a $3,000 setup cost and then like a certain cost to maintain it. And then it was like $3,000 or $300 to have the service after that. And did you know, did it ever get off the ground? Cause they had to, they were trying to hit. It, I don't think minimum. it did. Like I remember the news conference because the news conference was announced. It was probably 88, 89. Cause they were pushing it. Like it maybe started the 89 season. Um, I don't remember getting off the ground because then the big, they would get into the big 10 and they wouldn't have had games to show. Like it wasn't the Big Ten Network. Obviously, wasn't around till you know years later. But they didn't have they didn't have content to show that was exclusively there. So I think it was an idea that was ahead of its time in some ways, and just at the wrong time in some other ways. Okay. Well, I I thought that was an interesting little little trip. And what's funny is the current thing that you can pay for on GoPSU Sports is called Lion Vision. So yes, I don't know who put that together, but I wonder if that's a little homage. I think that's a little. I had never but... never heard of it. Um, I did some more reading on it. I found an old collegian article. Uh, apparently Jack Ham was also pretty involved in that. So that, that one was, was pretty funny to me. Um, so yeah, this one, uh, I also bought from 1989, uh, Brian Chismar on the cover here. Uh, were you at this game, Steve? No, it wasn't that game. And I was also in math, uh, 40 with Brian Chismar first year oh. of, of college. So he was, he was from, uh, Western Pennsylvania somewhere, him and some other kid from Monaco were in my, my freshman math class. So there you go. Back when the football players went to class. I think that might be a good future old guy, young guy of, of what, uh, what, what Penn state athletes did you have class with? There you go. Um, cool. All right. I also bought this book for $20. I have no clue how much it was worth back in the day. Uh, it is just a nice little pictorial of the 1986 national championship team. Nice. Uh, there's some stories in there. Um, that's some pictures of Joe. Where was the antique store at? Where was this antique store? Um, all, the, all from the same place? Uh, this is, yes, this is Antique Depot out in Hollidaysburg. 
Um, tried nice. to buy. I, I left some stuff out there. There's another one of these books out there. This one was in better condition, though. Um, and then to, to make you not feel as old, I also did buy this because I I wouldn't have bought this any other time, but because we were writing about it this week, I bought it because of that. It is the Penn State versus Ohio University game program, which is probably one of the last programs they ever did inside Beaver Stadium. Probably. Um, which was my first game as a student. Um, really Bill cool. O'Brien's first game as a head football coach. Nice. So, yeah. Those were some um, good gets. Good for you. Yeah. So, wow, there are some there are some people in here that I've Rod, Ron Rod Vanderlyn was was a coach. Ted Roof. Charles London, a lot of a lot of people on this. I, I have to. I haven't actually gone through this. Uh, wow, Malcolm Willis, people I forgot about. Anyways, um, no, yeah. So I'm glad. To, I just wanted to show that off to everybody. Um, and if you're so, listening, go to the YouTube channel since you can see it shut off. Yeah, no, so you can. Or you know, here's what I was. Here's what I was when we, when we were writing. I, I wish we have a majority of the tickets that we. We use. Do you do you did you collect your tickets? We have a stash somewhere. I don't know if I know exactly where they're at. Okay. Do you here's my next question. Do you have the buttons? Do you have all of your do you no. you never did no. were you not a buttons guy? We, we would get them, but I don't know that we did a good job keeping them. So no. Okay. Okay. I was just curious about that yeah. one. Um no, yeah, I was thinking about that. Like they probably they may be in a box, but be cool to have to to just kind of memento type thing. Yeah, we talked about it's laminating a the table, like putting them on the table and then like laminating over top of it so you can see them, like with a glaze, like like a lap mm-hmm. finish, you know, kind of thing. So we'll see. It was, Maybe we'll dig them up. It was um yeah, it was it was it was thinking about that. I also was was looking, there is some beautiful artwork. If you go back, I was looking on eBay, um, both at the old tickets, which were really cool, um, some logos that I really hadn't seen before. And then uh, the old game programs, um, they're not cheap on eBay. I, like the cheapest, some of the cheapest ones are like a hundred dollars, but like 1930s, 1940s, like that style of art, art to me, which was beautiful, um, might be a be a cool thing to start collecting. Um, so yeah, a little, little fun little trip down memory lane. Nice, good work. All right. Um, all right. Well, hey, Steve, good work. I'm proud of you for making it through this podcast at the beach. Look at you. Even though he doesn't Tough look it like out, baby. Tough it uh, out. That's impressive. Um, okay, let's see where to begin. We have a website. Uh, it's called stuffsummersays.com. Um, on that website, there's a section for with with Steve. Was there? He's paying attention. Okay, that was that was a bad setup by me. Yeah, sorry. Um, okay, uh, this week on the blog, we've got uh, my view from my seats from over the years, Steve's view from Steve's seats over the years. Please share your view of Beaver Stadium from over the years. Um, got a couple submissions so far. Uh, really appreciate everybody that's put some time into that though um, already. Um, we've got a YouTube pit channel. Um, if you're just listening, you should go to the YouTube channel, watch the, the old guy, young guy, because I'm sure you'll want to see the these magazine covers. There's some good pictures in here as well. I'll probably share some of those out on Twitter. Um, so subscribe to the YouTube channel, um, five stars, all of that. When you're back on the website though, you can sign up for a newsletter. I think we'll have another newsletter coming out maybe next week. Uh, yeah, I think we'll go with next week. Um, and then let's see, uh, Steve has an email. It's 
Steve at stuff. Look at him. He is on fire today. Um, and it, it mine is Darian at stuffsummersays.com. Um, this was a uh, let's see, we get everything there. The only thing left is uh, this was another episode of uh, Stuff Summer Says with Steve. Look at that. Proud of us. Um, okay. I'm excited for next week because then we're really going to start talking about football, but probably also not just in the podcast format, but why we made a website on the old blog. We will, I'm going to start my, my pilgrimage towards football season. I've got something in the hopper in the old brain. Um, that'll be the first week. Then the second week we will have you listen. We're not going to be your go-to coverage spot, but if you could just click on something and make make our egos feel good, that that's all that matters, right, Steve? That's what's here for all that. Uh, yeah, all that. All right, cool. Well, anyways, have a good uh, have a good beach trip, Steve. Go back to vacation. Thanks. See you. Bye. <laughs>